Hello humans, and welcome to Tales from the Astral Tavern, where me, your host Keanu, screams into the void about all things media, entertainment, and geek culture, and hopes that something comes back eventually. And so today, I thought I wanted us to get kicked off with one of my favorite pieces of media that recently has found a new set of attention, we'll say, thanks to the wonderful streaming platform of Netflix, called Avatar The Last Airbender. So for the uninitiated, Avatar The Last Airbender is a 2005 animated series produced by Nickelodeon and released across three seasons, or three books as they're called in the show. Book one is called Water, book two is Earth, and book three is Fire. So basically, the different books show Aang, the Avatar, or the individual who can master all four elements, and we'll explain more of that a little bit later, trying to master each of the elements. So book one, he's trying to learn waterbending, book two is earthbending, and book three is firebending. And the show recently re-released on Netflix, and as a result, obviously because Netflix is just such a massive platform for so many people, a lot of people are revisiting it or maybe discovering it for the very first time, and when it first dropped, it blew up, especially due to the fact that a lot of people are in quarantine right now and have plenty of time to watch and consume all forms of media. So basically, the show follows Aang, a lighthearted and pretty happy-go-lucky airbender, and the current avatar, obviously. Katara, who's a friend of his that they meet early on, who's a kind of pretty much caring and hopeful waterbender who's very just supportive in a lot of what she does for the team. And then lastly, Sokka, the somewhat goofy, basically joke character early on, uh, who is protective and well-meaning and definitely the warrior of the group, but not a great warrior, if we're being honest, at least early on, but we get into that later on as well. And lastly, you kind of see as Katara and Sokka go through and discover Avatar Aang after he has been missing for 100 years, and the Fire Nation has basically just destroyed or taken over the world. They're the ruling nation. Everyone's sad. Everything sucks. It's pretty rough all around. But now the Avatar's back, and so they're thinking, oh goodness, he can save the world and bring peace to the world. Now for some quick context, the world's population is split into four different nations. The Fire Nations, basically the big bad evil guys of the series. The Northern and Southern Water Tribes, where Katara and Sokka hail from the Earth Kingdoms, who are probably the largest force fighting against the Fire Nation, and then lastly the Air Nomads, but the Air Nomads and the Airbenders have seemingly all vanished for what we'll say is spoiler reasons. It kind of comes up pretty early in the show, and this show is definitely worth checking out, but I don't want to ruin the reveal because even 15 years ago when I first saw it, it still is somehow ingrained in my memory even though my attention span is that of a squirrel. No offense to squirrels who might be listening. Anyways, so... As you'll notice, I've been saying the word avatar a lot, and as mentioned, the avatar is an individual who can master all four elements. But outside of that, the avatar's role is pretty simple, but also kind of complicated at the same time. Basically, the avatar, along with being able to master all four elements and kind of acts as a world leader in that way, also is meant to bring balance to both the physical and what's known as the spiritual world or the spirit world in the show. Along with that, every time one avatar passes, it cycles through each of the different nations. So if they're from the Fire Nation, rather, one cycle, the next cycle they'll be from the Air Nomads, and the next cycle they'll be from the Water Tribes, and so on. But for all of the specifics, let me just say the show goes into much detail, it explains it way better than I do, and it is weirdly concise and yet weirdly con- expansive in how it explains it. So definitely check out the show for all of that kind of jazz. We're not going to be touching on all of that. Basically, Aang needs to master all four elements, he needs to stop the Fire Nation, needs to restore balance to the world, and that's our setup. 
Now, we're definitely not going to touch on all of the themes of the show here, because otherwise we'd be here probably for the duration of the show itself. Avatar Last Airbender is really a cornucopia of themes and world building and character writing. It's so weirdly well done for a kid's show that it's just way better than it has any right to be, if I'm being honest. But what we're really going to focus in on is one of the most notable arcs that every character has, and that is the struggle of identity. And so as you hop into the show, you see that every single character at some point struggles with this idea of identity and who they are meant to be and who they want to be. Aang is the avatar, arguably the most important single person in the entire world and historically has been the most important in the world. And yet he's just a kid. He doesn't want to be responsible for saving the world. He wants to have adventures with his friends, help out townsfolks, and play with his winged lemur, which is one of the best parts of the show. Shout out to Momo. We see that he doesn't really think that he's ready for this responsibility and we see in the way he acts that sometimes he's really not but he has to take on this mantle and figure out how am i going to fix stuff and get things done same thing with katara you see that she starts out as the sole waterbender in the southern water tribe because again spoiler stuff i'm not going to spoil it again but y'all the fire nation is really really bad in the show just a heads up um but Katara, she kind of acts as the heart of the group that keeps everyone together. She's the maternal figure, the protective one, the one who mediates all of the issues and the arguments. And yet, later on in the show, you start to see that she has beliefs that she does not share with the rest of the group. Sometimes she's mean, sometimes she's selfish, and sometimes she is more lenient and forgiving than other people. And so that really comes through throughout the show, where sometimes you will see Katara go off and do her own thing. And everyone will be super surprised and confused, but they seem to forget that she's a human being and she's allowed to do that because they all disagree sometimes. Also, random side note, anybody who is the air quotes babysitter of their friends group, you will resonate with Katara on a spiritual level. I am not kidding. <laughs> and then lastly, Sokka, especially of our initial cast. The team avatar gets a lot bigger later on, but we'll focus on just the main folks initially. Sokka is the oldest person in the group and obviously he's Katara's older brother so he feels like he has to protect her and now this new friend Aang who's supposed to save the world and yet he constantly struggles with why he's even in the group throughout the series and I mean to be fair for anybody who's played D&D for example if you're in a party with nothing but sorcerers wizards and a really powerful monk it's fair to ask what the fighter with the boomerang in the club is doing there and what they're bringing to the table. Even the antagonist or the person who represents the Fire Nation, Prince Zuko, who is hunting down the Avatar, struggles with identities in basically every other episode that you see him pop up in. It's kind of amazing. You really see him struggle with the idea of restoring his honor, and he has an amazing backstory of what he has to do to return home and why he's after the Avatar and all of that. And every episode, he explains that he has to capture the Avatar and restore my honor over and over and over again. And he so often puts it out there that it becomes really obvious after not too long of a time, he doesn't care about capturing the Avatar. He doesn't care about bringing down this person who may stop his nation. He just wants to go home and he just wants to restore his honor. And later on in the series, it really starts to explore what does honor mean and what does that relate and how does that relate, especially to your nation and who you're born to be. It's very fascinating, and if I'm being honest, as many people will know, Prince Zuko has one of the best arcs in the entire show, bar none. 
By the end of the show, the characters we end with are not the ones we began with. I mean, yes, of course, their core beliefs and ideals are the same, that's just part of good character writing, but they've all evolved and adapted to the world that they've been in and what they've been exposed to. They've experienced trauma and betrayal, some of them have experienced love and happiness and a sense of family that they didn't have before. They all yell at each other and argue their own opinions and thoughts, and it feels very real when many of them have very differing beliefs on a lot of different things. For example, one of the great things is that every character has a different set of ideals as mentioned before and beliefs on what is right and what is wrong and their priorities in the situation that they're dealing with. Some of the best episodes are not the ones with the huge massive battles or combats or even the funniest jokes, they're some of the ones where a simple question is posed and then you just have to wait for an answer to it. For example, one of my favorite episodes in the show that technically isn't all that consequential but it's probably one of the most character-driven episodes, is an episode where one character goes to a village and they befriend everyone in the village and they end up defending the village from bandits. But during the fight, they're wearing a mask or something that's kind of concealing their identity for a lot of the episode, and it's knocked away and when the villagers discover who they are, they reject them. They tell them to leave their village and get out after we've seen these relationships grow over the past 15-20 minutes. And it really poses the question that when you will do everything you can to help other people and they still reject you, how do you cope with that and how do you deal with that? Perhaps one of my favorite episodes, even above that one, and more simple than that one, is towards the end of the series. Aang is about to fight the BBEG, or Big Bad Evil Guy, for those who aren't acquainted. And he is a pacifist. He refuses to kill and he does not want to take a life because it is absolutely converse to his belief system and what he believes is right. And throughout the entire episode, you see Aang contacting previous avatars and talking to his friends and allies, trying to figure out what he should do because he will not violate his beliefs. And it is high-key one of my favorite episodes in the series because you don't really see any fighting or anything like that. You just see that Aang is sticking to his beliefs and his ideals and he's trying to figure out what he can do. And yet, at every corner, other characters who we've been seeing for this entire series, even the ones who are nurturing and protective such as Katara, are telling him, Aang, you might have to kill this person, because otherwise, the war will go on. And it's just such a challenging thing for Aang to accept, and it is, oh, just, it's so good. So amazingly good. I highly recommend, if it's not already super obvious, this entire series. And especially, I'll say, from book one to book two and book three, the complexity just gets more and more in-depth and more fascinating. As book one, it makes out like the Fire Nation is very much just evil people who do evil things, and yet by the end of book three, you understand that is not the case at all. Well, kind of. They do bad things, but justifications. We're not going to get into that too much. To kind of start to wrap things up, I should definitely make it clear that Avatar The Last Airbender is not a super depressing, bleak, moral quandary show. <laughs> the way I've been talking about it, it makes it seem like every episode is basically reaching into these people's souls and figuring out exactly what makes them tick. Avatar The Last Airbender is a fun show. It's super entertaining. Anyone who knows who the Cabbage Man is, oh my goodness. It's one of those shows where it knows how to balance between serious questions and serious inquiries and a lot of character-driven plot and story with also very lighthearted and jovial fun and enjoyment. As I was looking through this script, I realized that I didn't touch on any of the super happy fun stuff. 
they make jokes at other characters' expenses, but it's all in good fun because they know that they're friends and they support each other. When some of the characters come in later on, and especially Zuko as he develops further through the series, he somehow becomes one of the funniest characters when what used to exist was just an angry, fiery young man, and that was it. And then, obviously touching on Uncle Iroh, anyone who's seen the show knows Iroh is perhaps perfection, and perhaps the only person who is always right in every situation. Yeah, I'm going through it in my brain. I don't think Iroh is ever wrong. Sometimes you just need to sit down, think about it, and enjoy a cup of tea. Huh. Well, I guess it was a simpler time back then. But, in any case, I highly recommend, if you haven't already, checking out Avatar The Last Airbender. It is on Netflix right now, and it is very much worth, in my opinion, every moment of your time. But if you do end up watching it and you enjoy it, definitely let me know. It's always nice when you enjoy something and you discover that other people do too. And Avatar The Last Airbender, from what I know, I think a lot of people enjoy it, but I hope to hear about it. So we'll see. In any case, thank you for listening. There's a lot of ways you could spend your time, so I appreciate you spending it to stop by here. It's really funny to me that for my first episode, I want to talk about Avatar The Last Airbender of all things, because it is just such a massively colossal and impactful show for me, especially. But it's such a challenging thing, I think, to take an animation that's meant for kids and make it accessible and enjoyable for everyone, really. Like, I don't think someone can go through the entire show and watch it and not at least take one message away from it, whether it be a certain character reinforcing their ideology or paranoia about war and what it might mean for them, or even what it means to be a figure who's not ready for their responsibilities and how you cope with that. It's frankly, in my opinion, a timeless show, and hopefully one day I'll even be able to talk about its sequel series, The Legend of Korra, because I definitely have some thoughts on that as well. But in any case, stay well, Stay safe, and I hope to see you again sometime soon, humans. Catch you later.